I'm so sad I can't do the open this year. That would be like Everybody. Welcome to Misfit Podcast 22.1. It is the open edition. I am here this week with it's not me. Drew. Who it's am I here with? It's Matt. <laughs> Drew is unfortunately out. My normal co-host um, is faking an illness so that he doesn't have to participate in these long nights of, of filming podcasts. He's eating cheese and drinking whiskey on his couch. He's, I, not, he's not here. I think that is what's happening. Anyway, he's not here. He's probably going to be back for the rest of the open podcast, but not this week. So Let's hope. we're relying on um, Matthew Sherburn to... Uh, give us his insight today, and it's going to be very interesting. Enthralling. Uh, first and foremost, before we get started, um, again, we're going to remind you about all these things every time. Camp's coming up. we got five going on this year. Um, we're going to announce the official dates for our big world tour in March, but actually, uh, sneak peek, we're actually going to Dubai in April. So we will give you more info on that in coming days, where to buy tickets. Um, and yeah, Dubai's pretty cool. So it's that's where we're headed sweet. for our first stop of the tour, Dubai in April. Uh, the hats and t-shirts flew off the shelves, thanks to all you guys. Uh, they're being restocked currently. They should be back any moment now in the store. Joggers and shorts are available now. But they're going fast. So grab them soon. That's true. Yeah. If you haven't already, grab some. Uh, lastly, before we dive right into the workout tonight, uh, the Misfit Custom Leaderboard. If you haven't noticed, on the right side of the blog, there is a um, clickable link that says... Uh, Misfit leaderboard. So just like in years past, if you want to be a part of um, kind of comparing yourselves to everyone else you've been kind of training against all year, training with all year, um, submit your name in that and our wonderful assistant Jen will put you into this big giant leaderboard, probably hundreds of names. One important caveat, if you want to be a part of this, you must submit your name exactly as you submitted it to the game site. So don't put in your nickname, don't put in your first initial and your last name and assume we're going to be able to find you. I mean, we have people like uh, John Smiths entering on the site, and Jen now has to go through about 70 John Smiths on the game uh, page and try to figure out who you are. So try to be exactly um, the same person that you are in your game's profile as you will be on the Misfit leaderboard. Stop screwing us over, all right? Or screwing Jen over, really. I just feel bad watching her deal with all that stuff. So be a part of it. It's going to be really cool, Um, but uh, do your part and and make sure your name's the same. Okay, that's it. That's all. That was fast. Um, before we get into 16.1, Ted, our Misfit Media man, threw out a little challenge. Post your, uh, post your 16.1 prediction with the face like a who gives a shit, like what your prediction is face. Um, and the best one we got was definitely a, a, a funny answer as opposed to a real prediction. Derek Weida says uh, his prediction is a 10-minute AMRAP of 25 burpees and drink a beer. Total beers drank is your score. Or the alternate would be just do bicep curls. So does Ted win that in the open? If that's the open workout, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It, Wouldn't if, it be worth it though, just to do those twenty-five burpees to get all the beers you could drink. I would drink like two and a half beers, and my stomach would be so full of foam, I would be it done. Could be gross. I couldn't even. 
I couldn't even drink two beers in 10 minutes. Like, just regular. I couldn't do that. Yeah, Ted drank six beers and then did 15-5 last year. That's got to be that. against the rules. That. That's like performance enhancing. It's a painkiller before you do a workout. I so that's, that's definitely not allowed. So bad, bad Ugh. Ted. All right, 16.1. Matt, initial thoughts. I think it's pretty cool. It's a good test of uh, work capacity, which is something we're always looking for with the Open. I think that you know pushing that time domain to 20 minutes really to see what people are made of, which is uh, kind of unusual because sometimes he sticks with the shorter ones, the 7, the 12, the 14-minute ones, but pushing past 20 minutes, or pushing to 20 minutes, excuse me, is a really good test to you know, see who really wants it. It's not, a, it's not a gimme. You can't just show up and hit a max snatch and call that good, and you're good enough to go to the, right. the regionals. You have to work for it, and I think this is a good test for that. This is my quick good and bad. So good, I love the overhead walking lunge as a movement, as a test. I think it's awesome. I think the weight's great because people can really fly through this and, and push to a really dark place um, physically when they do this and mentally. Um, the burpees, I love burpees and workouts. I just think that's awesome. The chest bar I mean, all three of these together is a pretty evil combo. I think the time domain makes it even worse, especially for people who, you know, rely on their engine or rely on their motor. It's just, it's going to make you work and just hurt. So I'm thinking about the rep scheme too. I mean, with the reps being so few at a time, I mean, right. eight, eight's not that many. It's not like you have to convince yourself, oh, it's 20 chest bar pull-ups. I got to come down and break it up. It's go, 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 go. And it's basically eight of everything because <clears throat> we just had Gabe Garcia, another one of the Misfit coaches, do the workout. He's a Metcon warrior. He got 10 plus. And um, it, it was, I was counting some of his like lunges while he was going. I was wondering how many times he was going to have to lunge to get that 25 feet because Gabe is kind of on the shorter side of athletes, which you'd be considered on the taller side. Gabe took usually nine steps. So it's a little more. If you're taller, inefficient. I tested you might, it out. It was about eight steps for so me. So yeah, you might take eight steps. Even taller people or better better lunges, better mobility, whatever, might get seven steps, but that oh, might be reaching and really, step, yeah. yeah, and that might not make the lunge um, very efficient. But uh, overall, I really like the workout. The things I don't like about it, and I'm just going to bitch because I have to find something <laughs> wrong with everything. As an affiliate owner, running... 60, 80, I don't know how many people we're going to have to run through this. It's going to be super I'm difficult. I'm already thinking about that for, for our smaller affiliate in Wyndham. It's going to be crazy trying to get people in that little tiny hallway to, so, to do all yeah, those Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a, a Friday night getting everyone in and out to do this. It's going to be fun, but it's going to be more trying than years past. And the thing I don't like is every year we talk about this, like not really happy with the consistency of judges in affiliates. And when you have something like the walking lunge where people can blur the line of not standing up all the way, Judges are afraid to tell the best athletes that, they're, that they should be no-repped, and there's going to be so much of that. If it's not caught on video, not submitted, whatever, people are going to get away with really, if they're allowed to do kind of a, a shorter range of motion the entire 20 minutes, they will get a large benefit from that if their motor is decent. So that's the only thing that really worries me, but overall, the, the cream's going to rise to the top. It's just, it's just such a nasty workout that the, the best should still come out it's of it. It's been a long workout, but I think because it's so long, I don't think it's going to be the one they you know look at when it comes time to analyze the workout, but it could right, be an interesting one for the you know the athletes that think they crushed this and all of a sudden they lose ten percent off their score because they didn't lunge right. So I you know I wouldn't mess around with if he lunges. Make sure you stand all the way up and you know be obvious with your reps and make sure they're not. not yeah. Reps. So so let's dive into the lunge. Um, what would you look at for um, effectiveness for being efficient? What what kind of like strategy would you give somebody as they approach each set of lunges? What, I mean, what would you look for? Something I would think about is keeping my hands up over my shoulders. I don't really don't want to go too wide with my grip. I think that's more taxing on the shoulders and with chest to bar pull-ups and burpees coming after. The more you can stack that bar over your shoulder, the better shape you're going to be in. Um, 
So as long as as long as that mobility doesn't make you kind of go forward, forward at all, right? yeah. So as close step, so. as you can without that dropping your torso forward or yeah. your, your arms forward. A vertical torso is going to be important. Right. Making sure that when you stand up, that you don't stand straight up, that you're kind of stepping forward as you do it. As long as you contain your balance and you don't, you know, obviously fall forward and miss the standard of coming to a full stance before you go to your next step. Um, watching, we did recently did a workout with with lunges in it, and it's obvious who figures out the lunges quickly because they right. stand up and they don't have that like period of wobbliness. It's a lightweight, but over enough reps, you could get pretty wobbly with this. So making sure that you stand up through the middle of your foot over and over again is going to be important. The other two movements clearly will tax the midline. So putting that bar overhead, you're going to have to be engaged the whole time. Um, and the walking lunge itself, I think, is um, uh, kind of detrimental if you get no rep on that because not only do you not get credit for the rep but you have to like hold back the bar up. <laughs> back up yeah. and then start again so it's not like just taking a squat away from somebody like oh you didn't hit depth just keep going it's like stop the workout back up lose 10 seconds and now continue on and suffer more so it's really not a good idea to get no rep in this kind of movement if you miss your chest of the bar one time and you do nine instead of eight big freaking deal but if you're really like screwing yourself in these walking lunges and you can't figure it out you should spend some time if you're worried about it beforehand really locking down that lunge. I really think this is something where you take I mean I don't say take your time but you really concentrate on making sure you move well because it's not worth rushing through an overhead walking lunge you aren't going to knock you know minutes off your time by lunging right. faster but you will mess your score up big time if you have to restep that lunge over and over again so staying smooth here is something that's really important I think just focusing on your efficiency in your lunge is going to go a long way for your your big score. And obviously they're going to be unbroken. Like that's what they need to be unbroken the whole way. It's, it's eight or nine steps at the most. Um, but like Matt was just talking about the speed of your lunge, uh, Gabe came out like he was shot out of a cannon, like just super fast. And so that was great for a while, but then all it did was even though he was fast in the lunge, it just made his transition time slower. So you have to take that into account. If you blister through that and it takes you an extra second to start your burpees or slows your burpees down, or it takes you longer to go from the burpees back to the bar to pick it up, that's transition time that you're losing from work. So is it really that smart to go firing through the lunges or firing through any other movements to kind of just take longer time and rest anyway? What I, what I think about those lunges too is I, I don't think it's a bad decision to take a step in between or bringing your feet together to come off like tension off one leg the entire time. So when you step together, both your feet take the tension of the weight over your head as opposed to one foot supporting it as you swing the leg through. It might actually help pace you so that you're not blazing back through the, the lunges and you know waiting to do chest bars or waiting to do burpees again. So, do you think that's a good idea to kind of wait until you start feeling the fatigue of it to switch to that thing? Or do you start from the start? No, I wouldn't, st I wouldn't start together. that way. I would just say if you catch yourself, you know, Gabe said this workout turned into be a, quite a bit of a breather. Yeah. So it might be a good yeah. way to kind of Go bring your heart rate back down during the workout. I know time and retention is not necessarily the best way to bring your heart rate back down, but giving those legs a break because what he said was his legs started to get tired and it didn't really affect his lunges but it affected his burpees so it helps your burpees out you can go faster in your burpees that's where you're going to make up time in this workout and I don't necessarily think it's the shoulder I mean the shoulders will burn out holding the bar up but realistically like you said it's the breathing and probably more legs with all the burpees and the lunges everything else than the shoulders so if it takes you an extra five seconds to complete the walking lunges because you have to hold the bar up I don't think that's going to be as bad as maybe spiking your heart rate so I think that extra time under tension just holding 95 pounds that's really nothing for the competitive guys or 65 for the competitive girls it's really not a heavy weight so as opposed to really jacking the heart rate up and coming off and trying to do a gymnastics movements or kind of a more monostructural movement with the, the burpee even though it's kind of gymnastics too um you know keeping that heart rate in check for 20 minutes is, is really important so anything else in the lunch i think we've covered it i think just make sure that you stay in control you don't you don't do any extra reps because you miss one and uh, keep your heart rate as low as you can because 
it will get spiked in the other two movements. So staying in control is big for the overhead walking lunge. Bar facing burpee efficiency. What do you think? The biggest thing there, I think, is finding a pace you can cruise at. I, you know, you're not doing uh, 14.5. You're not trying to cruise through the burpees as fast as possible at the end of a workout. But you do need to have a good pace because if you go too slow in the burpees, I think that's where the workout is won and lost is the burpees and the chest-to-bar pull-ups. Whether or not your transitions are quick and you're able to do those reps fast and then get back to the lunge where you kind of take your breather for the most part. I, you know, yep. when I think of this workout, I think of what, I mean, maybe Dave Castro did or maybe he didn't think this, but he's like, uh, we'll have a, a rest be a walking lunge. I mean, it's not really a rest, but right. it's really about who can keep moving the entire time. And I think that the other two movements are where you have to go and the lunges are where you kind of stay steady with everybody else. So, And we saw um, a little bit of the like the demo. We saw China Cho and Emily Abbott go at it, and um, you could see their burpees break down. And I was kind of saying, like, she's step, she's stepping to the bar and jumping over, and then she's taking her time turning around and stepping and jumping over. And like, yeah, it's slow and, like, that's not an efficient burpee. And I was like, none of our guys are going to do that. And then Gabe starts flying through 10, 12 minutes in, and his, like, lightning burpees are, like, slow, like he's coming up out of mud again. I'm like, oh, so it's actually yeah. a really <laughs> tough workout. So it's yeah. not just them being inefficient in burpees. It's just that you have to have that will to continue your your good movements even when you're tired. So if it's that kind of, like, stagger step when you get up on the, the burpee or the you're able to actually bring your feet together close to under your hands with that mobility so that you don't have to step and jump you just hop right over whatever it is just try to keep that rhythm even if it's a little slower try to keep the, the burpee consistent you don't want to have to switch it up and, and really change the way you do burpees that'll really bog your time down sure will and it'll probably spike your heart rate too because you're not used to doing that style of burpee and all of a sudden you're you know you're quick uh Burpee that's, you know, low tension time, you know, you're under the tension for a very short amount of time, turns into a very slow, pressy, like right. peel yourself up off the floor burpee. Right. And all of a sudden now you're working twice as hard to do the same amount of work. So Exactly. Uh, for me personally, I'd rather get through the burpees quickly and efficiently and take the extra three deep breaths before I pick the barbell up and move back across the floor. Would you agree with that for that, the most part? For, I mean, for most athletes, I would agree. For me, that might not be the best strategy. I For me, it's staying steady in the burpees and trying to go fast everywhere else, okay. which is probably the opposite of everybody you know, doing this workout. But I think that, you know, Making sure that you get through the burpees quickly is a huge part of this because sure. you can't you can't go slow in these. Well, realistically, there's going to be you know ten different ways to approach this with ten different types of athletes. So, I mean, your way and Gabe's way are going to be different because you and Gabe are very different athletes. So, it's very important true. for people to know that you know we're we're trying to talk these movements out with you guys, but it's up to you to figure out what's going to work best before you go dive into this twenty minute piece because you do not want to attempt this twice, even though a lot of you will have to, you certainly don't want to attempt it three times. Yeah, I can't imagine doing so, that many lunges and that many chest-to-bar pull-ups two or three times in a four-day span. You're, right. you're just going to crush yourself for the rest of the, the open. So. so, so I mean, it's important to have that strategy figured out, locked down, be comfortable before you go through it because you, you don't want to be second-guessing yourself 12 minutes in going, I screwed this up because that may be your only real chance still. Yeah. Um, chest-to-bar pull-ups. For me, it's just you got to stay unbroken in these. I think I think the best strategy is going to stay unbroken using your hips, not relying on your pull and your arms because your arms are going to get tired through the burpees and the overhead walking lunges. So relying on being patient behind the bar, throwing your hips, letting your hips do the work as opposed to your arms is going to save you in the long run. Uh, I don't think grip's going to be a huge issue here with the right. reps being so small. It's not like uh, the retest of the overhead squats and chest-to-bar pull-ups where it's like a really quick break right back to chest of our pull-ups. You're going to get a decent rest in between, so I think the eight's going to be kind of a non-factor for the best athletes. It's just going to be drop the lunge, go right to the chest of our pull-ups, do them, go right back to your barbell. No, no time in between. 
And just a note, like, in my opinion, I think it's an appropriate workout to wear hand protection if you're one of the people that kind of go back and forth on that. It's a really sweaty workout. So after about eight minutes of it, your whole body is just going to be soaked, basically. You're going to be sweating. Your hands are going to be wet. Trying to chalk up, wasting time chalking up, and then jumping up over and over again, there's no need to do that. If you have hand protection that you can kind of peel on and off really quick, the hand protection doesn't screw with the bar overhead, and it doesn't screw with the burpees. So just have it on, have it ready, pop the hand protection on as you put your bar down, go up and hit your pull-ups. There's the no only need I, to fuss with chalk or too so, much anyway. So the only thing I'd add to that is like a lot of athletes that we know wear sweatbands. It's not, right. that, not a dumb idea to put sweatbands on your wrist. You keep the trap, the, uh, the sweat coming down your arm so it doesn't you know catch in your hand, grips exactly. and grips slippery. So just small things to keep you out of that chalk bucket, slowing down and really increasing your transition time, which I think is the going to be the biggest point of emphasis for this workout. Right. And halfway in, you just don't want to find that, oh my God, my bar is slippery, my hands are slippery, and you start panicking because you're trying to find a place to grip the bar. Just have that all set ahead of time. There's no need to, to run into things like that in the middle of the workout. So I think that's really important. Um, last thing we'll talk about for the workout, transitions. What's the best way for you versus maybe an athlete like Gabe, who's a smaller, faster Metcon guy? Where do those transitions come into play? Um, so for Gabe, he gets to have the advantage of doing the, the burpees and chest bar a little faster than I am. He's a smaller athlete. He's got less range of motion, so he's going to get a little more time, I guess, after the chest bar and after the burpees to kind of collect himself. Where me, I'm going to try to make up time on the lunges and really, really not spend too much time dilly-dallying with the chest bar and the... Uh, the burpees. So what I'm going to really focus on for me is do those burpees, probably walk around the bar and pick the bar right up. So finding a strategy that allows you to go right into your next movement is going to be huge, I think, for the athletes that tend to find themselves like backing away from the bar or like not able to push themselves. Find something small that's part of your routine. So every round you get a slight breather and you get yep. right to work. So yeah, in, and in my opinion, there's two ways to kind of look at the overall picture of the workout with the transitions. One, you're staying really steady. So there's basically no time where you're stopping. So if you're steady and smooth and slow almost, I hate to use the term Rich slow, running. but more, yeah, I guess methodical might be better. If you're more methodical, um, your transition has to be about zero, right? So if you're, if you're methodical with your pull-ups, you're methodical and slow with the lunges and you're kind of really steady and slow with the burpees, you have to be able to use that to keep your heart rate down to continue to transition quickly. If you're the type that wants to get fired out of a cannon and you're really fast in your pull-ups, your burpees are the fastest thing ever and your lunges are just flying through, you might earn yourself a few extra breaths on your transition. Some but you, work. Yeah, but, but you have to stick to that, right? So if that then turns into a slow, methodical pace 10 minutes in, you can't keep the same transition time. You have to realize that, okay, I have to calm myself somehow. I have to talk to myself in my head. How am I going to calm myself down? How am I going to bring my heart rate down and, and focus on making sure that transition – you're not moving slow and transitioning slow. It's kind of one or the other. You're either steady with with very short transitions or you're really fast and you're earning that kind of rest by pushing every single time you get to a movement. That's the two ways I would look at, like big picture. And obviously there's more to it than that, but that's sort of, you have to choose one style of approach. If you go switch midway, you might find yourself in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I think the athletes are going to do the best are the ones that stay methodical. I mean, you think about the, the best movers in the CrossFit games are the ones that don't seem like they're working all that hard and then right. pass you when they're like, looks like they're cruising. I think that's the key to this work workout is quick transitions and not not stopping for 20 minutes which sounds like a pretty terrible thing to me <laughs> and and that that method probably is the most torturous because you know when you look up at the clock and you're eight minutes in you have 12 minutes left and you may be slightly comfortable or slightly uncomfortable and you're starting to sweat and panic and you're like 
I don't know if I can hold this for another time and a half what I just did. But you've committed to that sort of style. So now you're in. You're in or you're basically done because you can't go back and earn that extra round early on. (laughs) Right. You can't switch then. So it's sort of like a slow torture. But you're right. For the most part, it's probably the way to go. So, and again, that's athlete to athlete. But um, prediction for best score. What do you think we're going to see in the high end? I really think we'll see in the high end, you know, around the mid to high 12s, maybe a 13 here or there. I think I we'll think, see a 13. I think your, you know, your Ben Smiths and your Rich Fronings of the world are the people that can stay consistent and not stop moving for 20 minutes are going to be damn near that 13. Do you think mark. the females, the best females in the world, will actually have an advantage because of range of motion things with all three movements? The lunge is shorter, even though they have to step more. The lunge is kind of faster, shorter. The chest to bar is certainly um, a shorter range of motion, and the burpees typically for girls can be faster when they have that really good engine. Or do you think the guys are going to take it? I think the girl may take it. I just worry about those steps. I just think that, you know, we're Gabe's doing nine steps and I'm doing eight. They might do ten. Doing ten or maybe even eleven if they're even a really small female. So, I mean, I don't think it's enough. I I think the range of motion is going to play a factor. I think the girls are going to get the guys on this one. Do you think the girls will take the guys? Yeah. So, less steps isn't always better. but No, not necessarily, but transition is going to be key and range of motion is always in your favor when you're a little smaller and something like this. Especially when the weight's not a factor. Any last words of wisdom for all the misfits out there about to throw down probably tomorrow? Yeah, you sharpened your axe all here. It's time to prove it, right? That's right. Put up a shut up. The primer will be on the uh, blog for all you guys who are interested in using the primer. Um, it's uh, AMRAP 4 minutes, row 250 for guys, row 200 for girls, six overhead uh, lunge steps with 115.75, a little heavier just to kind of make the 95.65 feel light when you actually get into the workout, and then six standard burpees. So just kind of a little faster pace just so you can kind of feel that out, that that rebound off the bottom. So it's a lot different than the bar facing, so just kind of get yourself fired up with the standard burpee. Um, and that'll be the primer. It'll be on the blog. Sounds good to me. Yeah, get that heart rate up, get to work. Cool, guys. Thanks for checking in. We'll see you next week for 22.2. Thanks again.